Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of Strategic Planning Podcast. Mike Flanders and myself here to talk about investing, finance, and retirement. And this go-around, we are going to talk about flirting with disaster. And uh, I'm over for asking people if they remember that song from Molly Hatchet from the 70s, and Mike doesn't quite remember it either. He remembers the name <laughs> of the band, but he's not remembering the song. But I've got some areas, Mike, where we can talk about some financial situations that might put us in a little bit of a disaster kind of area without us even recognizing it. And some of these are really, really easy fixes. So I think it'd be a good idea to talk about these today. And to boot, our podcast is now officially middle-aged. It's 50. This is episode number 50. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Well, it's nice to be flirting with disaster on number 50. On number then. 50. Well, that sounds, I don't know if I like that or not because I'm turning 50 this year. So, <laughs> oh, I've seen that in the rearview mirror for a while. <laughs> so, I don't know about these two, these coincidences here. But anyway, we've got some good topics, folks, on these things. So, stick around. Let's get into it and start talking about it. Again, these first two, Mike, that I have are, they're kind of, Really, honestly, there's no reason for these to be there. If you make these mistakes, you can definitely be looking at disaster, but they're easy fixes. So let's start with out-of-date legal documents. Give us some things to think about there and, and how just let us know how simple it is to fix them. There's a big thing that I run into, usually more so with younger people that are, you know, young, married, uh, single, you know, what have you. Right. And uh, just haven't gotten around to putting them in place. I mean, good grief. Everybody thinks about legal documents, estate planning, whatever is dying, but it's right. it's more than that. I mean, you can have an automobile accident and you can't handle things. And your parents, if you're single or your spouse, uh, may not be able to do some of the things that you need to have done without having like a power of attorney or yeah. even more significant, a healthcare power of attorney. If you're I can't think of the word. What is it when you're uh, unconscious and can't make decisions? Yeah, do, do it an accident or, you know, even yeah. COVID could have highlighted the need for people to have a medical exactly. power. Of attorney. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So there, there's a good reason to get these done and they don't have to, you know, put you out of business or break the bank or whatever and having them done, but um, get, get them in place. But the other, the other piece of it is not just walking around without documents, mm-hmm. Um, but is having an attorney that will sit down with you and talk with you about what your situation is and what your goals are and what you really need to do and how to structure those documents. You know, it's not just slap it together on legal zoom or something like that. Uh, it's really your, what you're paying for when you hire an attorney is for his expertise and what will make you have the best outcome for yourself and your family in the long run. Right. Um, right. And, and so, you know, a lot of times people, have done wills. I'm I'm looking at a couple of families' wills right now. And I said, you know, what they're doing is fine, but you know what? You don't have a power of attorney or a healthcare power or a living will. And, uh, you know, is there a reason to maybe do something with a Medicaid trust? Uh, You know, all kinds of things that might make sense for you. And uh, so it's just, it's so important uh, to update those things, look at them periodically, I know some years back, I looked at my stuff and said, oh my goodness, that guy is my trustee. I totally forgot about that. And so yeah, <laughs> That's a great point. Trust. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you, you know, you do that. And sometimes people think, well, I need to update my will because my kids are all grown now. We drew this when they were little and, you know, we had people we picked out to be guardians and trustees and we don't need that anymore. So we need to redo our will. Well, not necessarily, but you do need to review it. 
Um, right. You know, because if those things don't apply, they just don't apply. Other parts of the will may be just fine. But it's good to coordinate and make sure everything's doing what you expect it to be doing periodically. Yeah, and, and a lot of times these things can be handled pretty quickly with a you know oh. if you already got an attorney and they've already yep. done some of this, a phone call sometimes can handle this, or your financial advisor. Or if you mm-hmm. don't have them in place, it's not as, as expensive as people think it is to get a, a will put together or a trust if that's something that you need to have done. And again, you could talk with an advisor like Mike to find out is a trust the right situation for you because there's different tax implications and things to bear in mind. But that's one place we can flirt with disaster. And right along with that, Mike, right in that same vein is the incorrect beneficiary designations. And this one's an even bigger one that gets people into pickles, uh, especially if they have this wrong. And this is even easier to fix. Just take a few minutes to you know, do this every so often. Yeah. And, and fill out the form every so often because you know maybe you've gotten a number of things that could have changed your BDs. To your point, you had somebody on your you know your will and you're like, I don't want that guy on there. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah same right. thing with BDs. But to the will conversation, Mike, most people don't realize that they think, well, I've got a will and that kind of tells what I want to have done. But if you have the different, a different person listed on your, uh, on your BD, it doesn't matter what your will says. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And you're using that um, acronym BD for beneficiary designations. Uh, you caught me on that at first. I thought you were saying <laughs> broker dealer. So, oh, so anyway. <laughs> true. Fair point. Uh, but uh, you're right on that. And, and something just to be aware of is the will may say one thing, yeah. but if you're wanting all of your stuff to go based on what the will says, and you've set a beneficiary designation on an IRA or a 401k or a life insurance policy that is different, your will is not going to supersede that. Nope. That, that document is going to supersede it. And you, know, you can have beneficiary designations on all kinds of things, not just retirement plans or life insurance policies, but on annuities, on bank accounts, oh, on yeah. brokerage accounts, you know, mutual fund accounts, all kinds of things where you can do that. And there's a nice benefit to that is it avoids probate. It, it does not go through your probate estate. Uh, so that that's nice because- And a will you know, will some, do that, correct? A will goes through probate. A will, whatever goes by will goes through the probate estate and there's fees for the dollar of value of what goes through there. Um, you know, other, other ways to avoid, by the way, just while we're, we're talking about that sure. probate aspect is ownership, you know, joint ownership with the rights of survivorship, avoids probate. There's, there's a lot of different things. Again, why it's so important to get with an attorney to make sure you're doing this stuff right. But um, just the beneficiary designation, real easy. You know, assuming you've done your estate planning, you know where things need to go and why, um, then just simply making sure that those things that you can make beneficiaries uh, designations for uh, are correct. I mean, you have situations where people die and they forget to change it uh, to their new spouse or to a child or uh, something like that. And then they die. And guess what? It goes to the estate. And if it's a a retirement plan, that can be disastrous. Now we have some ways to overcome that, but it's it's a lot of work and it can be uh, confusing and distressing. But you, you can't overcome it, but it's you, it's not necessary. It's, yeah, it's not necessary when it's such an easy fix. And right. to your point, how many stories have people heard, and especially advisors uh, heard stories of somebody had a, a policy with their their spouse on it. They got divorced and, you know, 10, yep. 15 years went by. They got something else, uh, you know, in place and they had half of their stuff with their new spouse and a few things that they had totally forgotten about with their old spouse. And to your point, yeah, they pass away and now you've got this contentious moment and, you know, it's, and again, it takes five minutes. 
Uh, an advisor, Mike, taught me an interesting way to remember some things. He said, if you mm-hmm. have a couple of the Ds happen, take a look at your, your beneficiary designations. If you have yeah. a death, if right. you have a divorce, if mm-hmm. you have a disability, or, or at the very least, if you have a new decade come upon you, right? Yes. Check them yes. and see. Now, if you're working with an advisor, Mike, should they be bringing that up to you periodically or should we be bringing it up to our advisor? Because obviously they're not going to know the total ins and outs of our life. You know, yeah, it's, it's kind of on us, but a good advisor should also say, hey, has anything changed in the last, I don't know, year or two? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Whenever you're doing a review and that sort of thing or just talking, you know, make sure. I mean, I, I, I try and uh, know a lot of what's going on with my clients, but sometimes they do things and I'm just not aware of it. And, <laughs> right. Sure. Uh, you just got to, we got to talk about it and, and make sure that uh, everything's up to date. So, yeah. yes, okay. it is something that should be brought up periodically and reviewed. And it's a quick, easy fix for this one, folks. So, there's really no reason to run into some of those legal battles that can happen uh, if you just take, you know, five minutes annually or every couple of years to change some things or just again when a big life event happens. All right. So, another place where we're flirting with disaster. Now, those first two were kind of easy fixes. Mike, I think, but this next one could be a little more complicated, but it still can be done and probably should be done because we are staring down the barrel of a big ticking tax time bomb. Matter of fact, Mm -hmm. I just saw a report that said the government's portion, the taxable amount that that they could or will be collecting from the retirement accounts in America totals up to something like $40 trillion. And they're drooling over that. Right. I mean, that that (laughs) takes care of the deficit and a lot of things, but- that's also money that's been tax-deferred accounts, right? That's these 401ks, yep. traditional IRAs, uh, and they're just sitting there growing and growing. And so it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah, it is. And um, by the way, it's, it wouldn't take care of the deficit. It would just help them spend more money. Well, that's probably uh, fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, seriously, yeah. I mean, it, it's wonderful to have that tax deduction for current contributions to a, def- a tax deferred retirement plan, mm-hmm. a, a non qualified annuity, all those kinds of things. But uh, you do have to pay the piper at some point, and it's ordinary income tax that you pay on that stuff. It's worthwhile to sit down and look at. What are you looking at when you're considering, number one, what's the potential value with continuing contributions and earnings on those tax-deferred accounts at the time you're going to start using them so that you can back into, well, what's the income going to be and then do a tax return with current tax situations? Now, that's nice to know, but the current tax scenario is not going to last as long as we have a Congress. Uh, it's going to be changing, and it's multiple times. I mean, they're they're deep into it already uh, to uh, make some significant changes in the current tax plan. Well, we've got this new three or four trillion dollar infrastructure thing they're trying to push. <sighs> yeah, that exactly. pushes over thirty trillion dollars. So, yeah, I mean, are we mortgaging our future, our kids, our grandkids, or our great grandkids? Somebody's mor- future is being mortgaged here. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And. Um, the problem is, though, that you know, like like we're talking about, is the tax rate may be low right now. It's supposed to expire at the end of twenty twenty five. I don't it think it's like it might expire long. before yeah. then. Yeah, uh, be changed at least. And um, if tax rates are higher later, and you're going to pay taxes on this money later at higher rates, sometimes it's worthwhile to consider how might I take that money and move it into yeah. a tax free scenario, like uh, through a Roth conversion or what's called a seventy two T payout option. Uh, there, there's a variety of ways to look at doing that. We've done some things with folks where we've combined some strategies, like for instance, 
doing some Roth conversion and at the same time selling some stock to get, just create a little bit of capital gain so that you get capital gain tax treatment on the calculation, you know, take some losses at the same time. Um, if you want to throw in trying to get a subsidy on your marketplace uh, health insurance and, and make all that work, yeah, you can do all kinds of cool things. Um, but well, you so just that's, gotta that's the whole point of planning. having, yeah, it's some planning, some strategy, right? Yep, Have a exactly. good strategy in place for this. Uh, and often, you know, Michael, when people are thinking about the, the tax scenario, uh, if they do want to do conversions, just bear in mind, you know, you're thinking, hey, I've got all this money sitting there, and that's a great point. I really want to start moving some of this to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I want to pay the taxes now while it is lower. Again, work with your advisor because you don't want to do too much at one time either. You want to do this gradually because otherwise you will kick yourself up a tax bracket and you'll have some other problems. So you want to make sure that you're working with an advisor on a good strategy to do these conversions if that's what's on your plate. Yeah, you want to take advantage of those marginal brackets and just fill up the bracket you're in, but don't jump into one that's going to bump you up eight or 10 percentage points on your tax (laughs) rates. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that wouldn't be you wouldn't be very happy about that. So, uh, all right. So moving along nicely here with our flirting with disaster again, a little more complicated on the tax time bomb, but there are solutions out there. So having a good strategy in place can go a long way. Plan for long term care expenses. Definitely going to be the toughest one probably on this list, Mike, is that often I think most people's plan for long term care consists of them sticking their fingers in their ears and shouting really loud that it won't happen to them. And that's not really going to work. So how do we go about avoiding, hopefully, I mean, it is what it is, right? Was it two out of every three people, seven out of every 10, whatever Mm -hmm. number you want to go with, are going to have some sort of a long-term care event. How can we stave off disaster by planning for long-term care? Right. And it's typically lasts an average of two and a half years, but there's a lot of evidence that it lasts longer than that if you're in a situation as a person needing skilled care uh, at older ages. There's in those numbers, younger people that have long-term care situations because of accidents and rehabs and things like that, that that bring that average down a little bit. Yeah. Dementia, I think, um, is eight to 10 years, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have had several grandparents that were in nursing care, skilled nursing care for those kinds of timeframes. And um, And the prices on those are higher than regular as well. So it's, it's quite, quite costly. Very much so. So, um, you know, the thing that you want to consider is, do I, you know, some people want to make sure that they can stay where they want to stay. Others are not as concerned about that. And they say, you know, just put me wherever I need to put me. You know, when it comes time to actually do that, the decision might feel like it was um, one of those pick up your dribble things like we talked about a couple of weeks ago with the last podcast, oh, yeah. uh-huh. uh, you know, where you, you, you made a snap decision and you were uh, had, had, had stuck in the corner uh, in a basketball game and you picked up your dribble and now there's nowhere to go. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, make the plan early. I mean, my wife and I, we bought coverage when we were 45 years old, some long-term care insurance. Uh, we'd been paying for it for a long time, but we're paying a lot less than we'd have to pay if we bought it right now. And uh, rates have gone up. They have increased. But, um, you know, sometimes that's the way to do it. Other times it's going back to that thing we were talking about early on about legal documents. There are some ways to protect some assets so that you can have long-term care taken care of. Uh, in in other ways than having to pay for it out of your own pocket or uh, having insurance. I like the insurance solution. It gives me all the cards to make the decision of, do I want to have care at home? Do I need to be in a facility because it's just more severe than what I can handle at home? Need to have 
respite for my spouse or children that are around me. You know, there's all kinds of things that you need to think about. And you're really doing this. You're making these plans, not just for yourself, but it's for the other people that would take care of you. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. Because a lot of times what happens in that situation, Mike, based on what you were just saying, is that uh, it'll happen, an event will happen to one of us and we'll be, it'll deplete the retirement. And the other person is now left uh, with very little for their own retirement or maybe even completely broke. So it can be a a real bad situation. Again, a disaster. And so don't flirt with it. Certainly do some things to get around it and, uh, and start planning ahead of time. And that's really what it comes down to is planning ahead of time. All of these things can be avoided if you put a little preparation, a little thought into it. Uh, and that's why we turn to a professional. You know, maybe it's not our thing. Maybe we don't understand it. Maybe it's too complicated. Whatever that might be, well, that's why you turn to a professional who does it every day so they can help you through the rougher patches uh, to kind of smooth out some of those edges, if you will. So I think that's going to do it for us this week, Mike. I think that's a pretty good topic. I, I certainly hope uh, you enjoyed it. I, th- I appreciate your time shining some light on these things. Oh, yeah. It's always fun thinking about these things because, you know, it's just so worthwhile to spend just a little bit of time today. You know, they they say that people spend more time planning their vacations than they do planning their future retirement and their, uh, you know, their life. Um, So it's good. It's good to sit down and and think about these things. And and I love uh, sitting with people and talking about it. I mean, they're not always the most fun topics, but they're certainly going to be, you know, it's going to be more fun to do it now than it would be late. have to deal with the ramifications later because right. it's going to be absolutely no fun at all. Uh, it's like paying off debt, you know, exactly. you pay off debt and now you got the freedom uh, that you don't have to deal with servicing debt or, or yeah. you know, all that cost. You're taking the big stress ball off of you. Exactly. Exactly. So folks, that's going to do it this week. Don't flirt with disaster. Have a conversation with Mike if you need some help. Get on his calendar for a chat. 336-668-4338. That's how you can call him. 336-668-4338. Or stop by the website spcinvesting.com for Strategic Planning Corporation. spcinvesting.com. Mike, my friend, have yourself a great week. I will talk to you next time. It will be uh, November. As a matter of fact, today is tax day. Uh, even though you got a reprieve, right? You got an extra month. We all got yeah, an extra May month this year. Now. Yeah. That's right. So I will, uh, I'll let you get back to the taxes and I will see you in May. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Mark. We well, look forward to it. Absolutely. We'll talk to you next time, folks, right here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.